Hello and welcome to Podcast of a Lincoln Geek. I am your podcaster general, the sussy one, the sus man. I've got many names. What was I called the other game? Dr. Sus or something? Is that my superhero name? No, no, no. It's, it's Sussman. That was it. <laughs> Sussman Dan. Sussman Dan. That's it. And I've got a bit of a reputation of being a bit suspicious, George. I don't know why. Anyway, I digress. Thank you for listening to our little podcast about board games. I assume you're listening because you can't be watching it. It's an audio format. So thank you very much for tuning in. <laughs> Today we have a, a special guest appearing. We have the developer of a game which I'm going to struggle to pronounce, I have no doubt. It's Cosmo Octopus. Cosmotopus. Is that Cosmotopus. It is uh, Chris King. King's Knowles, yes. Hi, yeah. Thanks very much, everybody. Thanks for having me on the show. A pre- pleasure to be here. Yeah, you, it's great to have you. Unfortunately, Chris cannot make us today, but we don't need Chris. We can talk about this game without him, can't we? It might make it a bit easier that there's only now one Chris on the call rather than Yeah, two. exactly. <laughs> Could you please give us a rough introduction to what this game is all about? And, uh... Yeah, sure. Thank you very much. So Cosmoctopus is a tentacle-gathering engine-building game is how I would give you my, not even elevator pitch, but my kind of one one step up the stair pitch, I suppose. This is a game that's been designed by Henry Odeburn, the designer who people might know from Parks and Space Park. He's worked with Keymaster Games, done some development there. Um, and we're bringing this, which is his lockdown game, to Kickstarter in October. And you can tell that it was designed during lockdown. Henry says himself this is a bit of a passion project for him. He is very much into esoteric themes and and unusual things and that definitely comes through in this game uh, which is a one to four player game, an engine builder as I said. It takes about for a full eight tentacle game, takes about an hour to an hour and twenty but for busy devotees we do have an express five tentacle game players are playing devotees to a giant celestial cephalopod Cosmoctopus. Yeah, as you do. The sad truth is probably Cosmoctopus is a bit indifferent to our existence and is actually more like a space toddler. (laughs) However, players are very, very serious about the whole affair. So they're going to be trying to discern why he's here and what powers they might be able to be bestowed upon them by discovering more about him. Well, I can tell you now I love octopodes. We have numerous teddies around the house for octopodes, and if we can get a giant, cuddly, plushy cosmoctopus, I'm sure we will love it. So you're pretty much a devotee already, George. He's in character. It's it's true. Well, it's funny you should say that, George, because actually so many people have asked me that, that we're hoping in the Kickstarter that we will be able to add, add as as an add-on, the cosmoctoplush, which will be part of of the, the project love for everybody that, that loves those plushies and he is a very cute character plus one backer That's it, yeah. he's based on what's called a dumbo octopus they are real they don't live in space and they're quite small but they have got huge ears that they use as fins to move around and that was our basis for uh, for the character look them up dumbo octopi they are very cute brilliant lovely first question for you even if i do say it to myself so you call it an engine builder yes a lot of engine builders can potentially have a problem with being a multiple solitaire type game where you know yeah. do you have lots of player interaction and how does that work so we we add some player interaction in that this is a card based game but actually there is a flexible configurations of tiles in the middle of the table and this is called the inky realm the law goes if you go to the very bottom of the sea you'll pop out in the top of space and in between is a dimension 
called the Inky Realm, which is where Cosmoctopus resides. And this is represented on the table with a lovely Cosmoctopus head that you move around these tiles to collect bonuses to help you make things easier. But also, if you're playing that way, you can also make it so it's more difficult for other people to get to where they want to get to. Um, And the different configurations that are built into the game change the dynamic of that and how much that is part of the game you want to play. So the player interaction is there even in the base game, but you can really ramp it up. There's also the option to add in a small deck of cards called the Private Investigator, which is included in the box, to convert any multiplayer game from a competitive game into a cooperative game. As you're suddenly being investigated, you have to put your differences aside. So in that game, there's definitely lots of player interaction. You're trying to make sure he doesn't find out any clues. Um, you've got to move each other around the inky realm to help each other. So we knew, obviously, as you mentioned, engine builders do suffer from that sometimes. And we've tried to think about that from the ground up in this game. Oh, that's amazing. Great news. <laughs> that's yeah. cool. I, I love the theme. Is it the pesky humans investigating you, worshipping this cosmic squid or something? Yes. <laughs> we, you know, we, we don't call it a cult. We call it a group of like-minded individuals who, <laughs> who worship a celestial cephalopod. Um, but yes, the, the, the idea is that you've got this private investigator who who is another human who has figured out something's going on and wants yeah. to find out more. There's lots of people that will pay to you know, know know more about what's going on. And you've decided that as a group, it's probably... a more of a threat that that person finds out things about Cosmoctopus than if you help each other. That's the whole idea with that. Yeah, other humans. Uh, yeah, I love that. It's kind of a, a reverse of the usual eldritch horror kind of perspective of the big squid monsters. <laughs> exactly. And we kind of, that's like what a... we went for here. We're very much kind of going for the, there's plenty of Cthulhu games around and I myself enjoy games with that theme, but we thought we'd like to put a little bit of a tongue-in-cheek twist on the game. Yeah. Yes, you look at the poster for this game and you're like, that's a really cute, sort of Disney-esque octopus. And then you look below and you can see these devotees and it's all a bit dark and there's weird things going on. And we are definitely playing into that sort of trope. Um, but hopefully with a fresh twist. Uh, I like this, the, the sense of humour of it. It's like my little my little squid monster, you know, it's that yes. kind of thing. It's pretty cool. Very much, very much that, yeah. <laughs> I love the fact you've got the co-op and the uh, competitive modes as well. And when you said one player as well, I'm very much a solo gamer most of the time. So in terms of like a solo game, obviously you're not competing against other players to be the best cultist or whatever. No. How, how do you win? What, what's the victory conditions? Just so, to... so the victory condition for devotees, however you play the game, is always getting eight, ten, Tentacles. Gotcha. So that's the thing is remember. And the way it works in the cooperative version against PI is you all have to get that eight tentacles before the private investigator does. So okay. he's going to be getting tentacles and you're fighting against that. In the solo mode, you actually use exactly the same rules as the private investigator in the multiplayer mode. So there's mm-hmm. not another set of rules to learn. It's just the you know, adding in the player ones. And you are basically, it's you versus the private investigator head to head and um, trying to to save the information of Cosmoctopus against the, uh, the private investigator who comes with few built-in difficulty levels all the way from um, interested to obsessive is the, uh, the top <laughs> level, depending on how fervently he's going to investigate you and your cool. fellow devotees. So uh, to win the game in competitive mode as well, it's basically it's first eight tentacles. Is that it right? It is, they're, yeah. They're kind of victory points. Okay. They are, um, and they're pretty tricky to get. And it's very much you've got to get that engine going to you know making other cards cheaper, boosting your resources, and you get tentacles by completing certain contract-like cards called constellations, where you have to commit 
uh, your resources to the card to, to complete a constellation um, and also by gaining something called Forbidden Knowledge, which is a very expensive but very potent tile which gives you two tentacles in one, one shot. Um, so, yeah, getting the tentacles is tricky, but if you can build that engine to really pop, you can you can be getting tentacles coming out from all over the place one turn. <laughs> Tentacle Mageddon. That could be the tagline. That's it. They are very cute, chibi-style tentacles in the final product to fit with the fact that he's this kind of more uh, cutesy octopus than your average cephalopod. So coming to Kickstarter in October, I say, have you got plans for stretch goals and things already, or are you...? We have. So, yeah, coming to uh, Kickstarter in October. So some of the stretch goals will be some uh, added gameplay bits and pieces that we've got ideas for. We're very much trying to make this uh, one of those projects where everyone's going to get the best version of the game that they can. So if you get on board, you're going to have the best thing you can. Hey, there's that ice cream van I was talking about. It goes past yeah. <laughs> the podcast. It's just gone past. Um, yes. So... On the Kickstarter, essentially, it's going to be there'll be one version of the game that everyone can get on board with. There will be Cosmocta plushes available for people that want a cute Cosmocta plus. Um, and our stretch goals will mostly be gameplay related, but also we've thought carefully about the size of the box and the weight of the box so that in the days as they are at the moment of expensive shipping and difficulty in getting things to people we've tried to build that in from the very beginning so the things we add are going to be things that don't add bulk they just add extra things that people can actually do in the game so you mentioned thinking about the box please tell me you've left enough room for those who like to sleeve their cards for them to be sleeved Definitely, yes, you'll be able to sleeve the cards in this box. That's that's no problem. And one of our Kickstarter exclusives is going to be a lovely tentacle-shaped insert which will hold all your resources for you. So you don't need to worry about getting them out and getting them out of your baggies. You can get them out on the table um, and take the lid off and off you go. All of your resources are in um, a tentacle-shaped organiser, which we felt was appropriate. Oh my god, that sounds amazing. That's one of my pet peeves when you get all the cards out, sleeve them on, and then you can't fit them back in the box. Yeah, so we've been, again, <laughs> we've been trying to, to think that to kind of, you know, be able to fit everything in the box um, sleeved and for it to not have a huge footprint on your shelf, but be an exciting box cover that stands out from the rest of the games in, in the collection with the colour scheme and the fact it's got this cute uh, octopus on it. Are you all ready for the game to go or still some final development pieces or...? Some very small things, but we're we're pretty much there. We've actually, as I've been going along, I've been writing the rule book, which is, you know, everything's pretty much good to go. And what we're hoping is that in completion, on completion of the Kickstarter, we can get our files uh, finished promptly and sent over to our manufacturer as quickly as possible. Uh, again, being cognizant of the fact that people are having to wait longer for their product because of various delays we want to get our side of things done as, as quickly as we can so yeah we're we're there with the development it was already an excellent game when it came to me henry done a fab job and we've spent many hours together tweaking and things and obviously lots of playtests at uk games expo and lots of blind playtesting so yeah we're when i'd say 95 if not 98 percent there now definitely very difficult to miss you at the games expo what with the 15 foot giant inflatable tentacle <laughs> that would get the attention uh, yeah, so it was one of those things I was like, what can we do that's a bit different that will kind of stand out and people will come over just to, you know, come for the tentacle, stay for the game kind of idea was what I was going for. Um, Again, that would be a great tagline. 
Exactly. Yeah, I think that'd be. I think it'd be good. And people were using it as a meeting point, which was quite fun as well. Yeah, so. The giant octopus tentacle. Exactly. Yeah, it was very visible, which we wanted. Though I did have some very interesting calls with insurance companies trying to get it insured. <laughs> that ended up in me having to call it an air sculpture. Otherwise, people just laughed on the phone. So. Uh, <laughs> So, but we, we managed to do it. We didn't want, you know, anyone exploding or falling down on anybody and it causing a problem. So went did all the things we needed to do, but it was quite a fun process to, to get to that point when you're, you're insuring a, you know, four meter tentacle that's inflatable. Some stuff you never consider you will happen in life. And then that exactly. Happens. I never thought I'd be doing this in any of my professional life ever, but you know, you're in the situation and I can't complain. It's a pretty cool thing to do for a job. So I'm not, I'm not complaining at all. If I won the lottery, I would definitely start my own games company. But <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. The, the question is, where do we go next year for UK Games Expo when the game is actually available? Do we get seven more? Do we do we have a huge one that just hangs from the ceiling above the whole of the expo? These are the questions. I'm oh, that, that could be amazing, couldn't it? Yeah, just have like a big, big inky realm with these loads of tentacles coming down. That's what I'm it's thinking. Just so. Consume the entire expo. Exactly. That's <laughs> it. There is no escape from Cosmo Octopus. It's been devoured by the cutest uh, eldritch horror ever to exist. Everyone will be a devotee eventually. <laughs> so what's your favourite part of the game so far then? The great thing about this game is it's the kind of game I enjoy playing. So obviously as a developer, I'm at the whim of what I get asked to develop. And the great thing about this is it's the kind of game I like to play. I think my favourite part of the game is we've made it very much that it's very simple thing to do on your turn but the complexity comes from i've got lots of really cool cards how do i get them all to pop off and work we have a certain type of card called a hallucination and if you can afford to buy those they essentially give you a one-off really powerful thing you can do but some of them also let you combo up with other cards and in this game actually most turns you're going to be playing just the one card because they're pretty powerful but when you can get those hallucinations to to pop off and you've got like a six card combo and you four four tentacles in a turn then that sort of feeling of i've built to this point to to get that is a really satisfying experience and just seeing people play with the little cosmoctopus head which is the part you move around the inky realm um and at the end of their turn turning it to face the next devotee um, so if they're not paying attention, when they look up, the eyes of Cosmoctopus are, are glaring at them, <laughs> urging them to take their turn, which is something that happened completely organically. We never built that into the game and players started doing it. So now it's part of the game. Oh, that, I love that. That's, that sounds cool. That's, that's just amazing. I can just imagine the panic on some people's face just to look suddenly seeing Octopus staring at you. Slowly, exactly. Judging yeah. you. Yeah, he's, he's cute, right? You can see the front cover. He's cute, but he's also got that look of he could give the world a hug and like destroy us all. It's that balance, isn't it? Yeah. Like a big, big grizzly bear. All he wants to do is give you a hug with razor sharp claws and more strength than he knows what to do with. Precisely. Precisely. The, the vibe is that this is probably actually a, a toddler of this species of space octopus. And if you zoomed out, scattered across the galaxy are probably all the adults that are even bigger. And he happens to have just wandered off in the space supermarket down our aisle. <laughs> yeah, the, all the others know better than to mess with the uh, piddle lower planes and he's just playing with the ants precisely precisely so we've worked hard to kind of build a lot of lore into the game which you know if, if you don't want to get into it you don't have to but henry built in a lot of philosophy and maths references in the games for people who are interested in that and we've got a lore sheet that's in the box so while someone's reading the rules someone else can read out the setting so people know the world they're in and they can inhabit that role if that's something that they that they fancy what kind of age rating do you reckon the game is like is it a game for kids or do you feel like a 
So it's one of those that I've seen a huge range of people play. UK Games Expo was a great example. So I think the youngest player we had was about eight years old. An eight-year-old who's played kind of your Splendor and entry-level engine building games, I suppose. Sure. And that kid picked it up straight away and could play with a little bit of guidance from, from their parents. There's nothing particularly in the theme that's particularly dark or most of it is a bit tongue-in-cheek. So there's some things that are a bit odd, but there's nothing that's overtly going to be like inappropriate for children or anything like that. So so I'd say probably eight and above can play it. Yeah, and I've seen a few 12-year-olds absolutely annihilate the parents as well. Oh, excellent. Isn't that just the way all games happen? <laughs> yeah, that's probably not a bad life. estimation. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> um, and that's kind of what we want with this game, is you can you can get it out and play it with your family and have a great time, or you can take it to your game group and play on a harder mode and be a bit more ruthless with it. It's one of those where kind of a bit of something for everyone and lots of dials to turn with regards to being able to cater it to your game group, essentially. It sounds absolutely amazing, and I certainly can't wait to get my hands on it at some point. I know we are getting a review copy at some point well, some point yep. soon. So whilst I'm not currently down on the list to play it, I'm sure I will end up muscling my way in at some point. <laughs> I hope so. Yeah, no, I will send you a copy and love to... I'm very excited to see the kind of pre-production copies, the preview copies, and get those out to people, because seeing it all there in front of us is going to be a, a nice experience for sure. Anything else you want to tell us about the game? Have we not asked you enough questions? Or are you... <laughs> uh, no, I think that we've covered most of the things about it. I suppose that it's one of those things that, just to remind, it'll be 25th of October on Kickstarter. So if people are interested and they want to be reminded when it does come up, you can find a link. It's on our social media um, and go there and, and be notified when it does launch. And equally, the link will also be down below when you listen to this podcast. So Fantastic, thank you. Do make sure you go and sign up. I know I will be, and at this point, I already will have done. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> thank you very much for joining. Yeah, thank thanks. Thank you very much. Great, I mean, great chatting to you. we got a couple of new devotees right here. That was, Brilliant, that was thank very good. you. Thanks for, thanks for coming on the show, and it sounds like a really fun game, and I'll definitely keep an eye out for it. Wonderful. Thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute pleasure, and uh, hope you have a great day. If you want to keep up with everything Diary of Lincoln Geek, don't forget to go to our webpage, doalg.co.uk uk or dialoglinkandgeek.com you can find links to all our things uh, all our reviews podcasts back issues of the live show and our social medias accounts so until next time get your geek on and everyone keep gaming see you later bye